podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. Oh, I remember that woman. Do you remember her in the fake house on I the don't. planet with the husband? Oh, wait. Is it with the with the guy who was making her up? Yeah, something to that effect. And I'm not going to start she had, she had Rish, died and is, then he her recreated her? Rishon Uxbridge. Right? He, like, destroyed the planet. Yeah, yeah. It was that guy. Yeah, yeah. She's, and I'm sure I, I, I noted a claim to fame at the time, but she's also, just even by that voice, there's a, I know her from something big. <laughs> and I, I don't remember what it was. I'm uh, guessing she was somebody, some sitcom person's mom. Well, there you go. Andy's. It Was she in the pilot of Cheers? And she was the, the two old ladies at the very beginning that are like, Boilermaker, blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, no. a T. That sounds no. nice. She's not one of them? No. I know who you're talking about. Mrs. Oh, what's her name? Mrs. Davenport, I think. I have the... It's in the script. I have the pilot script. Yeah. She a whole character. She was going to be there all the time. Um, anyway. a lot of money for that lady. <laughs> Andy, luck. we're not here to talk about Risha Uxbridge. Uh, up, 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 what's her name? Her uh, character. Right. The character's name is... Rishon Uxbridge, yes. We're not here to talk about her. That was that was like season three, man. No. This is season seven. Closing in on the end. Closing in on the end of TNG and the beginning of Deep Space Nine. You guys have seven more seasons of Star Trek to look forward to with us. Plus, God knows, by the time we finish that, there's probably going to be 400 new series. So, you know, it never ends. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a postal worker right now. Uh, <laughs> it's like Newman when he's talking about how uh, <laughs> it's just because the mail never stops coming. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, look, last week we uh, did Sub Rosa, and I'm sure, I'm sure the, the phone lines lit up. You know, people probably had a lot to say. It's a deluge it was, of. Uh, what is widely considered not a great episode maybe <laughs> i don't know maybe someone wrote it and was like i love this episode there are there are a couple of people because that a, usually they, they're couching it in in like i enjoy it even though i know it's right ridiculous but um but i think some legitimately enjoyed it um but uh what order do you want to get to ever we have a lot of uh, a lot of stuff today do you want to? What order do you want to get to it in? Do you uh, let's just do the normal the order. Circle? So let's go to the Admiral's Club first, and then uh, we'll head over to President Circle Fun. No, no, we're already out of order. You, uh, you didn't, uh, you didn't say. Uh, whether yeah, you watch should this watch this episode. It's a great episode. <laughs> <Is that>? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the jingle, Matt. They depend the on the jingle. <laughs> These guys. You guys need a sound? That's crazy. Matt, would you? I'm doing the, oh I'm my doing God. my version. That's would you have them watch this episode? 
Yes, absolutely. It's one of the best. That took a long time. It felt like it. Uh, my timing was so off on that one. All right. Anyway, that's how I feel about that. And then we already did that because we're in the Admirals Club. I already played that jingle, so here we are. How do they get into the Admirals Club? Well, if they remember the song that played so long ago, it's in the lyrics. Just go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. You could be negative in it. You could be positive in it. If you leave a five-star review, you're in. Andy, who are we we recognizing this week as Admirals Club members? Adius73 writes uh, a, uh, a review entitled, Craptastic. With an exclamation point. Are you ready for a show that is so bad it will make your ears bleed? A Klingon surrender or a Ferengi donate their fortune to charity? This isn't that show. Uh, I've enjoyed Matt and Andy for years as I troll through the fine print for highway fund projects to approve for uh, federal funding. These two guys, because that's troll, uh, these two guys have saved the government millions by keeping me awake. <laughs> Glad to help. Um, and from loyal viewer, new fave, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. When my number one favorite TNG podcast quit after just 53 episodes and my number two favorite slowly turned into on-air alcoholics, I felt that uh, like that little guy in the beginning of Star Trek V who was fruitlessly digging holes in the dirt. It's all I have. I don't remember that. Do you? I mean, is he talking about the really skinny guy with the big teeth? Or the bald guy on the desert planet? Maybe. Um, lucky for me, a thickly bearded Matt Myra appeared over the dusty horizon atop a fiercely Come, galloping Andrew Secunda. <laughs> I'm riding Andy. It's a very, very distressing image. Your pain runs deep, Matt said uh, to me after berating Andy for galloping wrong. <laughs> Share it with me. Uh, now I know the true number one TNG podcast and stand as a loyal follower, ever ready to hijack a movie-era Constitution-class starship full of Matt's favorite uniforms so that we can all boldly explore the great unknown of Maurice Hurley's thought process. Thanks, I'm really guys. curious as to what those other two podcasts were. Me too. It's so funny. I don't even like... We probably shouldn't theorize. Andy mentioned a podcast and he's like, this is, this, is, this is a Star Trek podcast. And I was like, really? I've never heard... Of that, <laughs> and then I'm like, anything. I don't know, I don't know anything that was one anymore. Of the big ones. <laughs> um, there are other ones out there for you. I'm sure they're better than ours. <laughs> uh, that's it for the hillbag. That's not the, the hillbag. The Admiral's it's, uh, Club. For the, see, Andy, you already my messed point. it up. <laughs> Where's the? Whoops! I did it again. I, you know. So, oh no! I gotta cut. I gotta stop. I gotta kill uh-huh. I gotta kill you. <laughs> you were making fun of me, and then you screwed it up. The United Federation of Planets Presidents Circle. Hi, everybody. We're in the President Circle now. How do you get here? Well, you head over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC, and you get yourself some content. How much content? Well, it's about to become even more content because Picard is coming back, and we decided not to bother the regular listening audience with our ramblings on Picard. Andy and I are going to record an episode 
of Star Trek The Next Conversation about Picard every week that it airs for as long as it airs inside the Patreon. And that is open to lieutenants leveling up. So anyone who wants to join and listen to our ramblings on that, we're going to keep our Picard thoughts over there as to not bother those who like to stay in the continuity of Trek that we know and love. That is the main continuity of TNG. This was a, a shock to me, and uh, Matt proposed it. And um, uh, we're So we're going to be doing one disco now. We're bumping it down to one disco, one uh, Enterprise. And then weekly, this is at the lieutenant's level, right? Weekly Picards until yeah, it's done. And President Circle, President Circle, you're still getting your Voyagers. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's just a rip roaring good time over there. You know, you could say I'm out of work and, and, and just want some people to come listen to us ramble and feel bad about not giving enough content over there. So here's some more. So starting, uh, the week of March 3rd, which is when Picard airs on March 3rd. So Andy and I will try to watch it within 24 hours of it airing, um, and record and put it up. In the Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC, become a member. Maybe get yourself an added uh, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor and uh, get singled out on this podcast with your priority one access to our hail bag. Andy, who's getting a medal this week? Well, first, we are going to uh, officially uh, give our, uh, even though we haven't sent it out yet, the uh, winner of Descent Prize um, was Nick Lambert um, from Utah, um, Lieutenant Nick Lambert. And uh, he wrote to us, yay, lieutenant, but I thought I was the president. This is so sweet. I can't wait to get it uh, and give it a proper refit. Because the, <laughs> the dish is uh, broken on the, uh, the Enterprise that Matt is sending him. Yeah. Uh, I'll make it strong and make it go fast. Um, uh, by the way, it's, this is this time I'm the one who's uh, it's like a pack saying, you're never going to send it out. And then he, I, he came over and uh, actually was having a, a vet check out. Ready? I was ready to do fun. it, but the vet beat me to Andy's house. Yeah. Um, but it's in my Which trunk. is always what happens. You know, always. There's always a vet there. In all seriousness, uh, you guys are the best. You both are my spirit animals. Growing up, I never really had any Star Trek fan friends. They all love Star Wars and hated Star Trek. The one friend I did have was a Kirk guy. I was a TNG <laughs> guy. Soppy story short, eavesdropping on your conversations fills the void I never knew I had. Not to mention, you all have been there through thick and thin, especially Matt, as I followed him from Nerdist to James Bonding Talk Salad Excellent Adventure, but I've decided to dock here. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to be able to listen to podcasts all day, every day, but now that I don't have the luxury of time, I've be- become more selective, and I appreciate your thoughts, opinions, Frank Sinatra come-ons, and endless recalibrations. Um, and uh, Well, that is delightful, and uh, I signed the saucer section of the Enterprise, and then Andy was like, no, he wanted the box signed. So then I was like, do I have any paint thinner here? It turns out I did. And uh, I, I, I solved it. It's Guys, amazing. I solved it. On my own, I solved it. I cleaned it up um, real nice and then signed the box. And then I'm going to sign it. And then he's going to send it out to you. And uh, thank you, uh, Nick Lambert, uh, to Center Prize winner. So uh, our Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardees... Uh, a lot of people had very funny things to say regarding Subrosa, as you might imagine. Mladen from Michigan says, uh, up there with the worst episodes of Star Trek ever, right uh, up there with Shades of Grey and that god-awful saucer separation episode Matt and Andy did back in season four. Understood. Uh, 
Eric Peebles says, what's hotter than reading your dead grandma sex journals? Catherine Gardner. Nothing. Nothing. Apparently. That's what that's what uh, floats Beverly's boat. Lieutenant Catherine Gartner uh, writes, at least it wasn't a floating light wanting to impregnate her this time. <laughs> Fair that's enough. Um, and Lieutenant Raymond uh, says, Sub Rosa just plain skeeves me out. It's <laughs> very to the point. Um, and then open the Priority One messages, if you will, Matthew. Sure. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. What's up? Who's talking? What do you guys got to say? Andy, the astrophysicist, uh, our old friend, writes, During the original run of DS9, we were getting... Oh, so this is in regards to your question, and many people responded, Is there too much Trek Mm. now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do we have too much of a good thing? Or whatever thing it is. Uh, During the original run of DS9, we were getting 52 episodes of New Trek a year. Was that too many? But as Stas Mastriana is saying on the face group, our current crop of New Trek comes with a lot uh, more sets of characters. Is that too many storylines to follow? I don't know. Not with the stories uh, serialized over many episodes. I'm still loving it. Bring it on. Um, And then uh, Andy also adds, on the subject of... Five to 10,000 total Starfleet ships, hundreds of which take part in a DS9 battle, but only 40 sent to Wolf 359. Isn't that a matter, matter of preparedness? The incoming Borg ship was a surprise, so they scrambled whatever ships they could. Those uh, big DS9 battles were better planned, at least once they knew that the Dominion... Well, this is a spoiler, so I'm not going to read that. Uh, and they were on a much more defensive posture by then. That's not to say that there was any excuse for leaving Earth so poorly defended throughout most of TNG. I think throughout the history of Star Trek. It's just, for some reason, the Enterprise seems to be the one closest to Earth all the time. Where is... Earth. Uh, it's right here. We're on it. Where is Earth in relation to the other prep that goes down and in the Star Trek in the Alpha Quadrant. Is it sort of on the edges? Is it far away? Is it right in the center? Of what? The Alpha Quadrant? Yeah. Uh, no. I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> I was like, I was going to try to figure out an answer, and I'm just like, I don't know. So, <laughs> it's I don't one know. of those episodes, guys. It's near, it's near the sun and far away from other planets. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, if only there was someone else who could answer that question for me. Cosmo Moore, T. Earl Grey, kind of warm, says they should have had some Bring Lloydy make a cameo in this episode. That is fair. I mean, a lot of Scottish. Why not the fake Irish? <laughs> oh, uh, that's Lieutenant, what they were. I didn't understand the reference. I was like, well, now I get it. it was the weirdos in the cargo bay. And their and their animals. Andrew Gibson says, "Just waiting for Matt to say they should kick Crusher off the Enterprise because her mind got taken over." Um, uh, in fairness, uh, she did the honorable thing and just left Starfleet. Didn't try to take the fucking ship. <laughs> I'm about to be taken over. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, she's like, uh, "Peace out." So unless you're gonna put me in the brig, I'm gonna beam away now. She I'm not do safe anything. anymore. So uh, guess what, Beverly? You're welcome aboard anytime. You know the right thing to do when your brain gets taken over. 
Uh, Greg Nussen says, I've been waiting years to tell my Gates McFadden story, and this is self-evidently the best time for it. Back in 2016, I was acting in a repertory of plays in Los Angeles with Gates' nephew. I also uh, had also gone to high school with her son, who was a virtuoso violinist, by the way. Ooh, he's a genius. Um, But all these relations were pre-Trek fandom for me, so it never occurred to me. Anyway, Gates came to the show one night, approached me, after, because she recognized me and very pleasantly complimented me. Um, still had no idea she was a Trek legend. About a week later, she sent me an email asking me to act alongside her in a staged reading of a new play at the Boston Court Theater in Pasadena. Pasadena. Pasadena is the way that it originally would have been pronounced. Uh, I gladly accepted, and the first rehearsal was at her house. I won't reveal where she lives, obviously, but it's a stunning property. <laughs> weird. Weird they wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when another actor arrived, he took a look around and exclaimed, "Damn, Gates! Trek has been good to you." She laughed and was, and I was like, "Oh." Uh, I don't remember all the details about the play, but I do remember that much like Subrosa had to do with bereaved woman looking after a family estate that may or may not have been haunted. I swear to God. <laughs> Didn't put the pieces together what? until I saw the episode of Cut myself Hang a couple on. of days ago. I guess she was she's wild. fascinated with this kind of story. No, this is a wild like. The, here's the most fascinating takeaway from this message. Yeah, is that this person went from not knowing who the fuck Gates McFadden was. Yeah, to being inside the Patreon for a fucking obscure Star Trek podcast in the span of six years. Yeah. That was 2016. What happened? Where did you catch up on all the Star Treks? That is a really <laughs> Let good me know. point. As it's been pointed out to us, we started in 2017, so... Yeah, what happened? Did you, like, in a year, you decided, once you saw how big the house was, you were like, I gotta get me some <laughs> of that Star Trek? <laughs> it could be. He respected all her right. financial accomplishment and was okay. like, hey, I should check this out. Seems okay. like it's very successful. <laughs> Um. Anyhow, uh, can't believe it now, especially that I got to hang and act with her. She's lovely, by the way, incredibly nice and generous, and so is her kin. Her kin. You mean her great grand grandmothers? Obviously, uh, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Lieutenant Cam says the governor of the planet. That's a Scottish Renfair wanted to live in <laughs> Scotland so badly he moved to a planet that recreates Scotland. So why didn't he just move to Scotland? <laughs> this was a fantastic point. I mean, maybe that planet is closer to his home system, and he just was like, "Well, just want to go to Scotland over. and be really far, have to like get a charter ship and do all kinds of things to get home, or I just stay here and I take my little shuttle home." I think that's some good headcanon, but it is, it is does seem like he's like, I just love Scotland. I gotta be in Scotland. It's just sort of like, I'm gonna be in fake Scotland. Although in fairness, I probably like many Disney versions of things more than I like actual things. <laughs> well, like I mean, let's see. Like, I don't need the real sea. I want to see the cool sea with, you know. If the weather control system, like, was working, maybe it's just a better... You know, maybe Scotland, real Scotland, isn't like allowing their weather to be controlled, and they're just right. We're, we're Scotland; it's gonna be wet here. Enjoy. Clearly, there are just as many ghosts in fake Scotland. Yeah. Um, Cam also says because we were, I was, I was raising the question about was there an open world game 
that's Trekkie. Mm. Wondering if Matt has played Stellaris, the space-based RTS game that owes a lot to track. You can build starships, send them on missions, form federations with neighbors, um, so on. Uh, there are even some mods that literally trekify it, replacing all the vanilla races with custom ones and even recreating ship models from the show, <laughs> which is very cool. It's close as we have to a Trek Galaxy sim. You can even be Borg and assimilate the whole galaxy, if you like. Oh, what an exciting day that would be. Have you heard of uh, it? I've never heard of it. Nor have I played Other it. people had other suggestions, but this one, he seemed to well, be... Well, these are all for you. Did you write these down, and then are you going to do any of them? I might. <laughs> I might, Matt. <laughs> Although, I haven't really dug into uh, the actual Trek game, that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, Great Terrible Lizak said, Years ago, when TNC was ahead of my initial TNG watch, and I heard Matt Meyer announce that in Season 7, Beverly Crusher fucks a ghost, I naturally assumed that she fucked the ghost of her own dead husband. <laughs> Well, fucking your ghost husband is not exactly normal. <laughs> it sort of seems like it might be on a list of things that you do if you somehow encounter your husband's ghost. It might not be the first thing on your list. Might not be the first thing on your list, but it'll be on there somewhere. When I finally saw this episode and realized she fucked a random stranger ghost that she happened to inherit from her dead grandmother. I mean, I don't even know how to finish the sentence. It is the most insane. Also, I am with Andy on this. Beverly is not just acting like a horny lady in this episode. She's acting against her own interest by the end of the episode. I didn't even wonder about it when I saw this the first for the first and only time. I just saw it as he was obviously drugging her. The whole thing, the whole thing felt non-consensual to me. Um, you know, I just go by what I see. <laughs> <laughs> Clinging to it. Brian McDonald says. As Scottish Star Trek fan, uh, a Scottish Star Trek fan, th- as a Scottish Star Trek fan, this episode really annoys the hell out of me. First off, we have so many strange choices when it comes to the story. Ghost, <laughs> alien, who uses sexy times to bond and control women. The scene with the reanimated corpse of Crusher's Nana. What the fuck? Second, the twee representation of Scotland. It feels like one of the writers went to Edinburgh visited the tourist traps and tartan tat shops and decided that's what Scotland is. It really annoys me that the only representations I see of Scotland are the strange tartan shortbread tin twee or the violent gritty drug filled representations. Scotland is a diverse modern northern European nation. Why isn't that ever represented on screen? Because Third. look, yes. it's, look at look at look at look at TNG. Our only representations of America are Annoying Mark Twain running around in the past uh-huh. and then coming into the future and Cowboys. the episode yeah, the episode where they go to the ancient west. I got yeah. I got news to tell you. There aren't that many horses in America. <laughs> um third, the planet. Again, the tweeness, the weather. There's no way we would have designed the weather station to make the planet pleasant. We would have programmed the station to create weather that would have four seasons in one hour, sixteen types of rain. From drizzle to pissing it down. Snow in March and two days of summer in mid- mid-August. <laughs> um, lastly, my theory is this planet was created by Scots as a tourist trap, so we would have to put up with tourists in actual... So we wouldn't have to put up with tourists in actual Scotland. It's the only explanation for cliche, the cliched representation of Scotland. P.S. Ned Quint. Where the hell is the, is the accent from? A wee bit of Welsh mixed in with Irish and some Geordie thrown in for good measure. Andy should do a small breakdown of Ned's accent on Andy's accent corner. 
I don't know if you've been to Andy's Accent Corner, but it's not exactly a fine... Oh, this is oh, uh, this is an unfair oh, review. I think uh, this is, it's, it's not exactly a fine oiled machine as far as <laughs> picking out parts of a of an accent. Ah, what do you know? <laughs> uh, by the way, Brian, my uh, my um, my gift to your uh, to your people was uh, to not read this in a Scottish accent. <laughs> um, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison. Uh, said I'm excessively annoyed that the voiceover guy in the trailer for Lower Decks calls them cadets they are officers which we're about to discuss Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it really is fair the promo department barely watches the episodes Chris Kleckner writes you know we never found out how Beverly's husband died just that it was an accident on an away mission and then Mike Bazaruski not related art and discussion curator says, well, we know how he died. Uh, she did an autopsy on him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Roberto, Lieutenant Roberto, writes, because of precedent, shouldn't we expect Beverly to have jumped at the chance to do a non-consensual autopsy of her nan? <laughs> it's true. I'm sure that's what happened as immediately as the episode ended. Uh, Richard Phillips writes, Yo, on the question of is there too much track, is there actually more than ever in volume? There are more shows, but because of shorter seasons, doesn't it work out about equal to TNG slash DS9 or DS9 slash Voyager running together? For me, it's about probability. The more they make, the higher the chance some will some will be good. I think this is my take, too. I mean, that's, that is a fair point. And... The other fair point was brought up earlier. I forget who said it, but there being 52 episodes of Trek every year. And concurrently running. Yeah, I guess it was a different time. I don't know why it didn't seem like as much. When will we get our Trek show, Matt? We have it. It's this one. Oh, yeah. That's disappointing. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Chief Tactical Officer Troy Ray says, This is a story, this episode is a story about how women have been suborning their wants and needs to men for centuries. Locked in parasitic relationships, the women, the woman aban- in, a, in a parasitic relationship, the woman abandons her career, her desires, her friends, her entire life in order to cater to the needs of the man. In the process, the man continues to act on his base desires and drives, accrues strength and power, while the woman withers away, mind, body, and soul. Margaret Atwood would be proud. I don't mean any of this. I'm just offering another point of view. Uh, or this episode could have been uh, got, gothic erotic about how much BC crush, uh, B crush uh, craves the D. It could be other of those things. Um, Miriam Barbarina writes, I think I may be the only one who actually enjoyed Sub Rosa. Here we go. Not because it's good, but because it's fun. I loved all the gothic romance tropes they stuck in, and I think they did a pretty good job of integrating the gothic ghost story with science fiction. I'd rather watch this than Twilight any day. I mean, those aren't your only two options. Nope, that's it. <laughs> Twilight or this episode, Sub Rosa. All right. Um, 
Anthony Wiper writes, What do you guys think of situations like this, Aquiel, and many others, where a previously undiscovered entity is involved? Picard has on occasion put the entire ship and crew at risk rather than killing a creature, crystalline entity, galaxy's child, etc., citing that it is merely feeding and deserves to live. Yet this is definitely not the first time that they have simply killed a brand new life form for endangering an, endangering an individual. It's definitely something that sort of struck me is that it was just like kill it however Beverly's sort of defending Picard yeah. when she kills him yeah also it's Beverly it's not and Picard she's defending herself and she, Jordy and Data had gone down like this is when does it become a rampage yeah I think these are all fair points um, Lieutenant J.M. writes Rene Echeverria saying that women on the set kept uh, what was on the set were enthusiastic about enough about the episode after reading the script that they had to go tell Braga how much they liked it. This is my skeptical face. <laughs> I'm with you, Lieutenant J.M. Now, if it was an episode where a sex ghost was feeling up Picard, so he kept getting inappropriate boners and had to walk around carrying a jacket for no apparent reason, that I would enthusiastically watch just for the awkward. I mean, yeah, I'm in. I'd watch that episode also. Lieutenant Martha says, plenty of comments on this creepy, weird episode, but I'll join the chorus. This was creepy and weird. (laughs) Beverly was most definitely not doing this of her own accord. I think it would have been better if they just made it funny and super campy because they threw in so many gothic romance tropes in there anyway. Gates McFadden was amazing, but as usual, she's amazing doing crazy, weird things. Not uh, as just a straight-up strong character. Jeez. That's it. That's fair. For the priority one messages. Okie dokie. Let's head into the uh, rest of the ship here. And we should hear some regular hails. Captain, we are being hailed. I don't know if I started this last time, uh, or if it got interrupted, or if I never read it. But here we go. Uh, Lieutenant, uh, not Lieutenant Kim Burton, just regular Kim Burton, regular <laughs> crewman. Um, writes Matt and Andy, uh, Gen X woman's perspective, or just my opinion. Uh, I have bumped up against this podcast as I do every time there is a romantic episode, especially from a woman's perspective. As a teen, this was one of my favorite episodes. The fact that they showed a woman having an uh, orgasm in such a positive light. It says having an organism, but it must be orgasm, right? I just want I, to make I sure. Ass- I'm- <laughs> I, 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 I've got to think yes. Okay, good. Uh, I, I don't want to mangle the, the make this worse since since you were already bumping up uh, on our take. Um, well, so uh, the fact that they showed uh, a woman having an orgasm in such a positive light was enlightening to me. There is totally a reason why the show Outlander is so popular and why Hallmark movies have such a following. Not to mention that romance novels were and are very popular. Please don't sell the romance part of this show so short. Um, I also, by the way, had uh, had asked uh, which... Because uh, I followed up with her and I was like, well, out of curiosity, what are the other episodes that you've sort of bumped up against our take? And uh, Kim said, I believe uh, they were episodes with Vash in them and a couple of Deanna, Tr- Deanna Troy episodes, as well as another Beverly episode. Can't remember exact episodes. Anyway, um, 
I wrote in about one of them. Matt got confused. Thought my name was Tim Burton. Went on a riff about that. <laughs> a riff about that. Uh, my point got lost. LOL. Anyway, love the pod. Thank you for hours of entertainment. Um, yeah, it was something that occurred to me, Kim, was the Outlander aspect of it that uh, I could kind of see, like, oh, yeah, people might be into it. But I think it's, I can't imagine, I've only seen one episode of Outlander, but I can't imagine that this is coherent in the way that other gothic stories would be. But I mean, that's what Jerry Taylor said in the quote about... It is what Jerry Taylor said. All the women loved the gothic romance part of it, and to me, I just was so confused. Um, It was just such a left turn for the show to take. I think that's really where the issue is, and certainly why people it's so renowned is that it's, I don't know. I think it might be that it's his, her dead grandmother's lover. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is I feel like they were going for thirties. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they were going for we're going to do something that's exactly one of these gothic romances and take all the tropes. And I think at a certain point, if you have her sort of being manipulated by this and or just completely into this this ghost entity, and you're you're adding the thing with her grand great grandmother, and you're taking them down to this planet, it's just like it's it's a tonnage of weird cho- and like uh, Picard walking in on her having you know um, pleasuring herself. It's uh, or him pleasure the ghost. I guess was pleasuring her. The um, you know, it's all these things. It's just like I feel uh, like if you would pick the idea of doing a gothic romance and then just did it straight in the in the Star Trek universe without any of the weird other turns, I think it would have been I fantastic. Mean, I don't read a lot of gothic romance or any of it, really. I guess he's kind of like a vampire. Yeah, you know, where a Twilight he's, vampire. He's feeding off of a young alive woman well that is an interesting question I uh, outside of the mind control I have to assume that he's not harming them like he's not he's sort of parasitic but he's but also like he he doesn't seem to have although it's all the Howard women so it doesn't do any of do any of the Howard women end up getting married and having children don't they all? Because that's how Beverly has ancestors. No, they don't all because they they just could be boys in the crops of Howards. Do you know what I mean? Oh, oh, do they always have women? I see what you're saying. Well, I'm saying it's like because if he's like preventing them for, from finding a corporeal being to get be, you know, to be intimate with. Yeah. That's fucked up. It does seem like that would be the way it would play out. And a lot of people have poked holes in, like, the timeline and the questions of which... It's just... It was too big a swing to make it that it was passed down. But I understand that the intention is to duplicate the tropes. It's just too many things. Well, whatever. <laughs> but whatever the case, I respect that it's uh, that you enjoyed it, Kim. And I uh, don't. Kim, I think it's very right, silly well, that you enjoyed are, particularly and I that there. episode. Don't... You know what... Kim, you don't listen to him. You enjoy what you're going to enjoy. Kim, um, until you change your name to Tim, 
You're compounding the problem. You're just offended that you made fun of your Tim Burton riff. I mean, it was uh, probably probably really good. It's <laughs> probably what I. <laughs> as I, 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 soon as I read that, I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like us." We got probably completely. A journey worth taking. You, <laughs> I read your read your name. We went on a Tim Burton riff. I got confused and distracted, and we never revisited the thing. Um, we have a voice hail, Matt. Okay, here it is, everybody. It's called the ghost question. Uh, hi, Matt and Andy. Uh, this is Phil. I'm calling about uh, Jonathan Frakes and his notoriety for spoiling things. You had mentioned how I, someone had read it at uh, a convention, kind of spoiling Pegasus. Well, um, he's pretty bad. He's probably with Tom Holland of Star Trek. <laughs> he likes to give stuff away. Uh, when Picard season one was premiering, excuse me, towards the end of the season, uh, when, uh, spoiler, Spoiler here, I'm going to jump son, ahead. You know, the French Spiner plays on the, on the Android plane. Whatever. He, like, the day before the episode <laughs> premiered, he, like, post, he tweeted a photo of Brent Spiner in character on that planet, hanging out, and for, I forget what the caption was, but it was just like, boom, hey, he's going to be on the show again. And, and you had no idea up to that point that premiered yet. Uh, and I had to stop following him because I was afraid he was going to spoil something else. That oh, that's movie. funny. Uh, but also, on a side note, Frank is actually the reason why I discovered your podcast. He had tweeted about being on uh, your uh, Yesterday's Enterprise podcast back in Season 3, and I've been listening ever since. So, Frank can give and take away at the same time. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys are doing great. Have a good one. I didn't know that he tweeted. I don't remember that he tweeted us. It's nice Look, of him. That's, that's the Frank's way, you know? He's a generous, wonderful man who uh, can spoil things. Because <laughs> he's so gregarious, he yeah. wants to tell everyone everything. He's uh, a joy. He's a joy. Um, from Thomas Zara, a longtime listener, uh, Sub Rosa. Um, he says, uh, "Hi, Matt and Andy. Really, just Andy. He's the one who reads these emails." Uh, in Sub Rosa, but now you're getting Matt's ear too, Fat Pal. Sub Rosa, they said that Caldos. What? Fat, fat pal. I don't know if he's fat. <laughs> doesn't seem fat in the picture. Why did here. you say fat pal? <laughs> I didn't say. You did. I said. Uh, I add. I accidentally. I don't know. I accidentally added it. I was saying pal, and then I added. It was so uh, weird. Why is it? You're looking at me. Uh, why are you looking what? at me? Saying saying that, fat pal. I was so saying fat pal to you. So I was saying he's listening to you now, pal. Fat pal. <laughs> Andy, as you looked at me, oh, <laughs> that's, no, Andy. that doesn't even make sense. I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't said he's listening to you now and then end that sentence with Fat Pal at <laughs> you. I was calling Thomas accidentally Fat Pal, even though he's not fat. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> look, uh, I accept all bodies. All bodies are beautiful. Um, I'm very uh, body positive. Anyway, uh, what the hell? This is what happened to Tim Burton's email. Um, in Sub Rosa, they said that Caldos 4 is one of the first terraformed planets in the Federation. My question is, how does the Federation terraform planets? Terraform planets. Did they resurrect the Genesis Project and correct Dr. David Marcus's proto-matter method? And if the Federation can terraform planets, why don't they just do this to save the Romulans in Picard? Uh, spoiler. Uh, Sub Rosa sucks. Oh, Sub Rosa sucks. <laughs> I love the end. 
Thanks. <laughs> oh, wait, that was you. Obviously, that was you. You can't write that. All right. Um, and I believe... Uh, so then uh, Ryan Novosedliak mm-hmm. writes uh, regarding Too Much Track. Um, I was listening to you guys talk about there being too much track. I was thinking about that too recently, and here are some of my thoughts. As long as each show movie has an identity, I think they can coexist happily. The problem with the Berman era track was, in my opinion, Voyager felt like a rehash of TNG with less interesting storylines. Then Enterprise felt like a rehash of Voyager. While there were good episodes in there, I think overall the excitement left because there was a sense of knowing that it was coming. As for there simply being too much to consume, I like that the live-action shows are all being scaled down to 10-episode seasons, hopefully saving us from Sub-Rosa episodes. Uh, As long as they do one episode a week, usually two, or occasionally two, I'm perfectly happy to watch a new episode of Star Trek every week, especially since there may be some you're less interested in and can watch whenever. Though the occasional break to catch up would be nice. Keep on TNCing, Ryan. Um... I mean, people point to Sub Rosa as like the fatigue, but then, as we're about to discover, right after it is Lower Decks. So that came in the seventh season. And I think that's a perfect example of people being so completely in their zone as writers and actors and directors that uh, you, hit, you hit a high in the, in the later seasons. So, who knows? Um... It's also great. I mean, we'll get into it, but such a great take on the Star Trek universe. It really is. Um, now, if you could, Matt, dig up for us the face group. Uh, Photoshop Matt with Data's cat. And who put Andy's face on that? Just take a look. It's on Facebook. It's in our face group been long fallow that uh that music sting and i apologize for that on my side that's always there ready to go anybody uh who uh wants to have a a full free discussion um some of the most delightful people on earth are in there kicking it all around and two of the worst people on earth are in there and i won't say who they are (laughs) you'll have to guess maybe we'll have a vote um i primarily was in there uh, and I and I pulled some uh, things in regards to uh, Subrosa that amused me, but uh, I primarily was in there because uh, here's other a big other news flash. Matt has uh, Matt has softened on his perspective on us doing a live show, and uh, it seems like maybe it m- coincides with me being out of work and having nothing but time on my hands. But guess what? You win, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? Is it his misfortune that has finally allowed him to give you what you want? Who knows? <laughs> um, but uh, we're talking about doing it. Uh, we've also, I've heard, I've read many of your hails in regards to, hey, wouldn't it be great if you did it to line up with all good things, the finale of TNG? And um, we don't know if we can time it out right. We're going to try. Um and uh and uh just to get the conversation started no no pun intended is that a pun no i said conversation for the next conversation oh i see 
I, just okay. a reference, sly oh, reference, would, whatever uh, it is. Anyway, I posted it, I a. I think it would be a pun if the word wasn't typically used in the way. It's the exact same way. I'm not yeah. using it in a different yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, unless am I saying convention? Like we're going to have our own No, I think it'd be like, that's for a later conversation. I don't know. Forget it. Who cares? (laughs) I put up a poll in there to kind of get a sense. I know at some point somebody made a a cool map with all the the TNC fans to track them in the world. But it turns Um, out no one wanted us to tour. So that's it. (laughs) Not true at all. Um, But uh, with, you know, you can put an entry in the poll see if it gets votes of where we might do this um and uh, and you can also put your thoughts in regards to this in general on that on that posting and uh, i will check it out um that's in the face group uh here are some thoughts from the face group our beloved face group uh on sub rosa catherine Gilliot guillot guillot uh, I, I gave every every version I could, Catherine. I love so much Picard's reaction of "mer" when he learns about Mima Crush's sex life. It's like his brain can't decide if it's sexy or gross to learn about that. Uh, Shelley Bartholomew Vasilj uh, says uh, Bev's mom was not a part of this weird sex ghost cult, right? Um, Bev says that she and her mom are the only Howard women without green eyes. This is before her eyes changed color. Apparently her mom's eyes stayed blue, thus meaning she hadn't been ghosted. Quotes. <laughs> also, I know the guys read from the interwebs about this episode and women, quote, loving this romance stuff, but what? This is not what women want. It always goes back to controlling women, calling it romance on these shows. It's a lot of different hard takes, hard different takes. Um, Reese Badman says Andy is 100% right. Beverly's being controlled. The script even uses the word influence when Picard and Troy discuss her odd behavior. Matt is wrong. Andy's right. There's no argument here. Disagree. <laughs> Staz Mastriana says Andy is completely correct. Beverly clearly says stop it. And then Ronan refers to them becoming one and merging multiple times. James Mainero says I'm glad it's out, but I thought... At this point, they were saving out. I'm glad Sub Rosa is out, but I thought at this point they were saving it for Valentine's Day <laughs> um, as the most romantic episode. That uh, Greg Chang. Yeah. Very funny to do. Greg Chang says, I'm also with Team Andy. Beverly was possessed. Heather Stoffel says, even if he wasn't controlling her, which I think to some degree he was, he initially forces himself on her against her will. That is rape. The discussion uh, wasn't whether or not she was contr- being controlled by him, but it, it was, was whether the what sex she was acting like. <laughs> What's I thought? And well, I you're think ta- she was yeah. acting uh-huh. like a, like a, like in love, like just so sexed up from this hotness, right. Which was there were other people that said I apologize I don't have the uh, oh interesting you don't know, have other things. people who agreed with me you don't have their things ready well they're they were basically just saying um, it's maybe a a problem with the way the the episode is presented yeah which I, I guess is that that's the point we can all agree on. I mean <laughs> I would also I would I would not like of all this of all the traits of the episode sub rosa one of them i would not 
um, put with it is is clear clear storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last face group message is from Brian Hellman, who proposes a new show: Doctor Howard, Doctor Fine, Doctor Howard, Doctor. Well, Stooges reference. There you go. All right. Well, thank you for that, everybody. Let's close up the face group. Uh... This is the end of the Facebook section. Four star dragon ass conversation. I thought I should bring it to your attention. Now back to the rest of the programmation. Kapla. Kapla, indeed. Thank you, Nacho. Uh, if you would like to hail us for free, send it to sdtncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere. Um, and if you'd like uh, to hail us for money. <laughs> If that's your bag. What a weird, what a weird <laughs> way to put that. But okay, I like to sell it. It's like some people really like to feel like they're getting their money's worth. But uh, obviously, it's been historically proven that I look at those first and I pay more attention to those because that's people who's paying us money. But I've been trying to balance it out. You complainers! Uh, if you'd like to tweet at Matt, you can or Instagram him. You can do it at Matt Myra. You can Instagram me at Andrew Secunda or tweet me at Secunda. And if you would like to send a voice hail, you can call us at 816-TREK-TNC. That's it. All right. Andy, let's talk about Lower Decks. I'm shocked that wasn't an hour. We crossed many doors to many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. So plug TNC in your little Borg node. Let's talk about this week's episode. Ah, uh, yes. It is time, everyone, to talk about Lower Decks, an episode that I've been looking forward to uh, Andy seeing. And he finally has seen it. And this is animated, right? Yep. Uh, February 7th, 1994, this episode aired. Andy, what was shaking out there in the world at this point in time? Matt, the number one song in the U.S. remained All for Love by Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. Or was that one of the Patreon episodes? Was it this? Was It It was this. It was this last week, I believe. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever heard the song. Oh, yeah. And then you were like, oh, it's the Musketeers. And I was like, was it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, no one song in the UK. Things can only get better by D colon Ream. Um, number one movie, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. That was ninety four. Seems like it would have been earlier. Number yeah, one it does book. Does seem late for it to be. Also to my brain. Number one book, Disclosure by Michael Crichton. Number one TV show that week, The Winter Olympics opening ceremony. Deaths that week, William Conrad, Cannon. And uh, events, Winter Olympics, begins in Lillehammer, Norway. That's right. In the canon of this podcast, William Conrad is dead. Um, For anyone who's wondering if that was a pun, it was. Thank you. (laughs) Good job, Matt. All right. (laughs) And and per my uh, reputation, I was like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, the other one. Uh... That was pretty stupid. Thanks so much for participating. Now, Andy, it's time to find out what's happening with a very special member of the 
I would say. I, I don't even know where to put him. Uh, I guess the crew? board. He's the, the chairman? Is, yeah. <laughs> That's a very special member of the board. <laughs> Some might say the chairman. <laughs> Time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> Time for Frank Sinatra, come on. Andy, what was going on with the chairman of the board? Well, Matt, it's time yet again for the annual Frank Sinatra Desert Classic Golf Tournament in Palm Springs. Man, you would have had a lot of lot in common with uh, with old Frank. Frank, baby. I was just in Palm Springs playing golf last week. Ring a ding ding. I bet you he would have been delighted with you. I bet he really would have yeah, I would have. I think I would have had him spitting out a joke, spitting out a, a drink, after yeah. I said something dumb. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'd light a cigarette. We'd have a great time on the links. You lo- you both love Vegas, yeah, so much. <laughs> He'd call me fat pal. Be great. <laughs> <laughs> that is something Frank would say. <laughs> Want you to meet my fat pal. <laughs> Hey, Mira, get over here. It's Myra Frank. I don't care. (laughs) Um, As he does every year, Frank sings a short six-song set for his guests at his Palm Desert Marriott. This is fantastic. What a great event to go to. Uh, TNG will be off the air by the time this event rolls around next year in February 1995, which will mark. Holy shit. Which will mark the last time Frank ever sings in front of an audience. That's a crazy coincidence. Well. Matt, the last episode of TNG. No, 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 no. By the time we do. Oh, I see. You see, next year. Next February of 1995. I see. So. So it'll be long, long past. Long past. (laughs) Well. (laughs) All right, Frankie. (laughs) Who won the tournament that year? I wish it's all about that. I would love to know. <laughs> Lee Trevino with 16 under. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's what's going on with Frank. And uh, now we can tell you what's going on with this episode by reading from Star Trek Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. This episode is directed by Gabriel Beaumont. Teleplay by Renee Echeverria. Uh, Echeverria. I don't really actually know how to say Renee's last name correctly. Ronald Wilkerson and Jean Louise Matthias did the story. And here is the description. Four young Enterprise ensigns find their friendship strained during personal evaluations. Personnel evaluations. Boy, oh boy. Whoops. As Sam Lavelle and Cito Jaxa learn learn that they are both up for the same job. As Ops Relief joined by their... You know what? Larry... Let me just see what Memory Alpha has to say about this episode. Junior <laughs> officers speculate on the reasons for recent unusual actions taken by the command crew near the Cardassian border. Oh, baby! It rolls off the tongue, and that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, FYI, the uh, winner of the uh, Frank Sinatra <laughs> um, Desert Classic Golf Tournament in Palm Springs in 1994 was Scott Hotch, professional golfer. Hachi, baby, <laughs> the Hachmaster. That's that's. Good. I'm glad you found that information very quickly. All right, Andy. Uh, let's take Wait a, a minute. Yes, Hachi no. is also known for his infamous quote, quote regarding the Open Championship as the home of golf 
at St. Andrews, Hutch referred to the course considered hallowed ground by most golfers around the world as the worst piece of mess he had ever seen. Probably due to his open championship criticism, Hutch has been characterized as a, quote, ugly American. <laughs> so, well, I wonder how it's he a would... low bar given how ugly Americans can be today. How would he like the golf courses on the Scotland colony? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? They must have a St. Andrews over there. All right, let's dive in. Everybody's relaxing and ten forward, doing some work. Could have done this in your quarters, but they decided to come to ten forward. But car sales is better with people. Considering this is a supervisory position, I'd go with her. I guess you're right. Didn't we just do crew evaluation reports? Three months ago. Seems like three weeks. Why don't we just give everybody a promotion and call it a night, Commander? Fine with me, Captain. Could we have two coffees, please? Can't do that. There already is a captain. <laughs> what could be so funny? What's so funny about crew evaluations? Don't worry about it, Sal. Can't we just try and have a good time here? How can I have a good time when my career's being decided across the room? <sighs> Think promotion. Promotion, 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 promotion. You can't really promotion. believe that what you're doing will influence the outcome of your evaluation. Promotion, promotion, promotion. It's a time-honored strategy, Torek. The Vedics of the Janelin Order maintain a round-the-clock chant for the benefit of the Bajoran people. We should mention that uh, Scott Hotch finished 26 huh. under and won by three strokes. <laughs> All right. Those are just numbers the history to me. No of your planet. That doesn't exactly validate what he's doing. Promote me, please, so I can make lieutenant and have my own room. If you weren't happy sharing quarters with me, then you should put in for a new room assignment. Just in case you're not promoted. <laughs> Here's how the money is different nowadays. Uh, Scott Hotch won. And he, <laughs> I, was, I don't know why I'm doing this desert class. It was fascinating. got him on a golf tangent. <laughs> yeah, uh, go ahead. Scott Hotch won in 1994, and the top prize was $198,000. So that's, uh, that's what he won. Pretty good, isn't it? And uh, this year, Hudson Swafford won uh, by uh, two strokes and won $1.368 million. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I've been thinking Is that much money in golf? The new night yeah, at the top of the level. Lavelle. Matt, okay, you should become a pro. Oh, also considering it's so bad, it wouldn't even be Thank close you. to happening. You're welcome. You sure about dessert? Yes, don't tempt me. They re- they're putting a lot of chips on this Ben character. Well, you know, I think uh, I like it. So I-, I like it in the sense of um, he gets to float between the, the you know the ranks. Floats between the worlds there. Right. Uh, the only other person that I think you could do that with is um, Mott the barber. May I ask, have we ever, I guess Mott the Barber is one person, but Mott the Barber is sort of always presented as a little bit... Um, blue? Um, uh, he's very emotionally, blue. He's a uh, What's the word? Emotionally um, insensitive. You know, like not... Um, there's a, the word is... I'm blanking. There's only one scene with Mott ever. Yeah. 
He just seems like someone who's not like you know. He just seems like a barber. Ready to he have a seems good time. he seems like a generally intrusive person. So my question about Ben is, he seems like an intrusive person. And I don't know if part of it is that I'm like, I don't know, get the civilian out of there. Why is the civilian bothering everybody? And I, and my question is, have we ever seen a civilian be that sort of up in everybody's business as as Ben is? Like, or or have we never seen it on the show? You've, you've seen you've seen the show to this point. So is that me or you? You are your answer. What do you mean? What's happening? I hear a. I'm getting a call or something, and I Hello? don't. I don't know where it's coming from. Hello? Do you not hear it's that? It's coming from inside the house. <laughs> That's what they say about the calls. I don't hear that. I don't hear any no. interference or anything right. like that. I'll have to so, just figure out where it's coming could from. Could be you. Could be me. The audience will never know. Oh, uh, but see. yeah, no, I haven't. I don't. Uh, I don't recall so far. I mean, there's been like yeah. some, you know, exchanges with like teachers and stuff on board the ship, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, there are civilians but on board. Guinan, I guess they actually, always feel Guinan, like there's Guinan. Guinan does it. Yes, that is true. I guess he's he's sort of in the mold of Guinan, that which makes sense, and it actually makes sense that since you probably wouldn't have access to to Whoopi most of the time, that you'd want a kind of a backup character to to serve a similar purpose or maybe a lesser purpose but just sort of in the same ballpark so I guess I get that but he and he is a bartenderish kind of character so that makes sense too but it felt to me like generally speaking when you have your teachers or whoever that it's almost like ah, don't bother them those are the those are the Starfleet personnel we were doing our own thing over here like it's separated is my intent forward I would say in general, everywhere on the ship. Nah, ten forward, like you know, that's where they go for dates and stuff. It's like I think it's just your fun mix on the ship, your your mixer lounge. If they wanted to just be among Starfleet, they'd go to the officers' uh, lounge. I also feel like anytime it's mentioned that like Riker's going out with you know whoever, that it's always it's always a an officer of some kind or or a, or a you know someone on the crew it's not a civilian which would be the more logical choice for him to date maybe all the civilians are busy <laughs> they don't have time for dates yeah <laughs> interesting head are they cannon. working on crew evaluations yep who are they talking about it's not my place to say come on Ben please alright but I'm not sure you two are gonna like it <laughs> apparently Charming it up. up for the same job. <laughs> oh my I God. Love Who's going to get the job? Who's going to get the job? It's uh, the every act break is kind of hilarious in this episode. But at the same time, I mean, it's appropriate. It's lower yeah. stakes, but it's and just. And that's what I index. love about this episode. This is right. like the inner workings of the of the ship to me. This is like this is your dream, right? I love so, this episode. I really do. I mean, I really like it. It's really great, and it's really well written and 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 presented. And you have these you have these side characters. I feel like the Ben character is overplaying it a little bit, but you have these side characters, and everybody's fucking crushing it. Like they're day players that are really doing well. By the way, should be keeping an eye on Nurse Oka. Boy, is she gonna is she gonna get her uh, celebrate five lines today? <laughs> and very early. 
I like that the story also is like half. Like we don't know what the story is until the lower decks people know what the story is. It's fantastic. It's so like, smart. It's a great way to do it. And it really gives us an accurate feeling of what it's like to be on the lower decks. <laughs> what it's like to be lower ranked and not be tied into everything and it's just like they're they're frustrated and out of sorts the whole time it's really interesting Fire. target is destroyed end simulation sequence secure from drill alpha shift your response time was seven percent slower than the gamma shift all departments submit drill evaluation reports by 0900 hours ensign you'll write that report Yes, sir. What happened back there, Ensign? I'm sorry, sir. When we changed course, I had to relock phasers before I could fire. Next time, try letting the locking relay float until the actual order to fire is given. They may not teach that trick at the academy, but it works. Thank you, sir. Lavelle. Sir. Resume previous course and speed. Aye, aye, sir. One eye is sufficient acknowledgement, Ensign. <laughs> What a dick. He's just upset that that guy's so handsome. What happened to the rendezvous with Clement? I just received new orders from Star. He doesn't want another handsome guy on the... Mr. Data, Mr. Wolf. On the bridge. Ensign Cito, take over at Ops. Yes, sir. Um, nobody has the bridge. Bye. Their Gaia system's close to the... Now, Andy, if you look real close here... Okay. You can see a, uh, a wooden wedge that is in place. I'm guessing it's for a camera? <laughs> look between the ops and the navigation station. See it? Oh, yeah! That's for Their some Gaia kind of track they're going to do later. Before. I wonder why we're going there. Oh. Or is that just for like? Did they just put that in for Frakes to be more comfortable when he puts his leg up on the? <laughs> or did is Data? Uh, did we never realize that Data actually gets around on wheels and that allows him to get a head start? How'd <laughs> you like to be a spider? We. <laughs> you did really well during the drill. Well, apparently Commander Riker didn't think so. I swear he's got it in for me. You're imagining things. Yeah? And how come you're sitting in that chair instead of me? I guess he figured I needed more practice than you do. I'd watch right. a spin off with these you're guys. You're right, you do. Um, so the guy is Dan Gauthier. Gauthier? Gauthier? I, I thought I would have a. Gauthier? It's G A U T. T H I E R. Gothier. Um, and uh, he's been in tons of things that I've seen. Beverly Hills, he had a recurring part. Mellow's Place, he had a recurring part. That's right, I watched those shows. Um, One Life to Live, I, that I didn't watch. But um, just a journeyman walking up, working up to, seems like 2019. Uh, and. Uh, but I didn't. There was nothing that really stuck me, and I was sure that the other lady, Shannon Pill, would be somebody that I knew. I actually, due to my face blindness, 
thought that she might be Naomi Wildman's mother, but she is not. Um, did you not? Did you not remember her from First Duty? Uh, I guess that was that's the only thing that sort of I remember her from, and I am delighted by that. That is a perfect use of a past character, mm-hmm. blended perfectly into the into the episode in an organic way, and that's the kind of thing. To me, that is like when you look at this being a seven season episode and why this episode is so good is like they're using the lore as it's been built before and it's not in a in like a way where they're trying to cram it in or they're trying to like, hey, this was popular before, we'll do this again. It's like, hey, we'll use this lady, she was good. It perfectly sets up this, you know, this character's arc. Um it's fantastic. I was so pleased. It's a really uh, great, mostly dataless episode. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Do you have a minute? Sure, Torak. What is it? I'd like you to take a look at something. <laughs> have you been improvising again, Ensign? In a manner of speaking, I'm running a computer simulation to test a new warp field configuration. You got a problem here. Your plasma flow to the nacelles is out of sync. Actually, sir, that was done deliberately. As you can see, this configuration has increased overall warp field integrity by 7%. You're right. Dr. Nils Diaz has been experimenting with this technique at the Tantaline Propulsion Laboratory. Yeah, I'm familiar with his work, but... I never heard anything about this. His findings have not been released yet. I was able to review a preliminary report when I was at the Academy. I look forward to reading it. I predict that when these findings are made public, they will become a new model for warp field operations. Sounds interesting. With your permission, sir, I'd like to begin tests to see if the technique can be adapted to our warp drive. If I was if I was if I was running Lower Decks, the TV show, the uh-huh. cartoon, I would I would call this guy up and make him do the voice of Torek as a captain. Oh, that's a great idea. Like you know, get these. Get these, you know, lower decks people. Get them promoted and back into canon. He was in um, Voyager. Tests. I don't remember this. As you wish. Is if you have any other Voyager? ideas for increasing efficiency, don't hesitate to run them by me. And his As name was fact, sir. I, his name was Vorik. Here it's Torik. Wow. Yep. What are the odds? <laughs> he was also in Star Trek Elite Force. Both of them. Gee, we're gonna set up for me. And I never got. We're still sitting over here on my left. So <laughs> come on over. I do. <laughs> when would be a good time to discuss them? I'll get back to you on that. I like annoyed Jordy with his help. Um, FYI, he was also in a game called Star Trek Away Team. Have you ever heard of that one? No. <clears throat> Excuse me, Doctor. If you're wondering about the evaluations. Things couldn't be better. Actually, I just wanted to tell you that Ensign Riley's condition is showing improvement. But thank you. <laughs> In fact, I'm recommending you for the How does Lieutenant Fine. I think. <laughs> you think? 
I'm sure it's nothing, but he seems preoccupied lately. Last night he had to cancel our date. I see. He's been putting together a research proposal. I mean, he's been really busy with it. Well, I know what that's like. Sometimes I get so busy with research I forget to eat. I just wonder. You mean autopsies? What? <laughs> Sometimes I'll just take a nibble out of the corpse. You know, if it's not an important piece. I've never met anyone like Andrew. It's as though we've known each other forever. He seems so mysterious, seem like he has secrets. But I know that in the beginning of a romance, it's possible to be a little blind. I'm not sure I know what you mean. Are you kidding me? Well, Last week, when you were uh, fucking that like ghost? That. The way he's been so distant lately. <laughs> Doctor, do you, you know exactly what I mean, Dr. Crusher? <laughs> How many people do you think she told her the, told the whole story to? I think you're overreacting. Maybe so. Now, wait. If I cared about someone as much as you care what about you, Andrew, what are we waiting for? Does she know that he's sort of two-timing her at this point? But he's even, not two-timing her. He's just they dating get married around. at the end. He's not dating at the end. She wait, doesn't she say, oh, she, she didn't confirm that that was a date. Correct. She just saw her. I see. I got you. My God, Andy. Why do you always think the worst of Powell? He's such a good guy. <laughs> we don't know anything about that guy. I'm on I'm on uh, Gawa's side. Well, then why don't you be happy for her? She's happy and in love and going to get married. I don't trust well, Andrew I Powell. Before I get suspicious. He sounds suspicious to me. You're right. I'm sure that when this research is over, things will be back just the way they were. Except, of course, that he'll have to deal with Lieutenant Ogawa. Ha <laughs> <laughs> You nailed it. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. It's not done yet. Jeez Louise, Alyssa. <laughs> She's being pushy. <laughs> I only filled in an ops for half hour, but I had to degauss the main deflector dish, recalibrate the navigation grid, and use internal sensors to find a lost puppy. Ops is a very different challenge from tactical. I can't figure out why I'm even being considered for this assignment. I'm a security officer. I recommended you. I'll try not to let you down, sir. What could they be talking about? Good, I'm tired of your bullshit. I wanted you off Have my you ever team. Considered learning now, how does that tie in to... to he recommended her... But did he recommend her for the secret mission, or he recommended her in general for ops? For ops, yeah, in general. And then it's later in the episode that they realize, oh, we should have her be the... Oh, yeah, because they don't have any information about the the thing yet. Or do they? We don't know anything. I guess I'm just trying to figure out Worf's arc in terms of, like, did he know that this other mission is coming? No, they they didn't reroute to Cardassian space until after the conversation at the beginning of the episode. Okay. Very good. Uh, FYI, I also thought I knew... Oh, I guess I already addressed that. Shannon, Phil. Never mind. Go ahead. No, he always looks like that. Who else do you think you thought you knew? That's why not. I'm not Starfleet. I'm a civilian. When he's in here, he wants to be treated like a civilian. Riker, I bet he sleeps in his uniform. You only think that because he's your CEO. If you got to know him. Right. He's convinced Commander Riker doesn't like him. Why? Did you crash the ship into something? No, he just doesn't like me. He doesn't even know you. you That's right. Too handsome. You should go talk to him. 
About what? Perhaps something you have in common. He likes jazz, poker, he's Canadian. Yeah? My is Torch wearing a first season uniform? <laughs> they all are. All the anthems are. It's not first no. season. It's like season three. Sam isn't wearing a season Look at the one zipper uniform. in the middle of the shirt. It's not season one. It's like season three. I know, but I feel like Turk is wearing a season one uniform because it's so skinny no. and ill-fitting. He would have piping on the side and no Mandarin collar. Oh, all right, there you go. Riker doesn't like him. Why? Did you crash the ship into something? No, he just doesn't like me. He doesn't even know you. That's right. You should go talk to him. About what? Perhaps something you have in common. He likes jazz. And he's Canadian. By the so, way, the way that Riker reacts to the, like, he's like, all right, your grandfather's Canadian. I'll hear more about this. <laughs> here's a here's a little theory. I think Ben hates Sam. Okay, why? Well, he tells him to go over and talk to Riker, and that's the thing that confirms Riker's feeling that he's he's uh, ingratiating. He tries. He's he's, he's obsequious and and and, uh, and trying too hard, and. He tells him, talk to him about his Canadian grandfather. He said he's Canadian. And he, he's not Canadian. I mean, in fairness, in the world of Star Trek where, you know, you're talking about different planets and stuff like that, Canada and Alaska on one planet so close together. I just find it very suspicious that he tells him to go over with incorrect information. I find it suspicious that Commander Riker is so seemingly pleased and eager to hear about a Canadian grandfather. Like, it's wild to me. Good evening, sir. Lavelle. Something I can do for you? No, sir. Yeah, I just get my French Canadian day. name. Is there something wrong with that? <laughs> no, actually, I. Uh, what are you having? Drink your ale. Good choice. I have one too. My grandfather was Canadian, you know. Really? Aren't you one too? A grandfather? <laughs> <laughs> no, Canadian, sir. Canadian. No, I grew up in Alaska. Oh. Well, they both get a lot of snow. <laughs> this made me feel it's really bad for this guy. Yeah. Hey, come back. We got any more stories about your Canadian oh, yeah. grandfather? He seems delighted by his desperation there. I think he is ultimately, and he's like, no, he's not. Ultimately, he's like, I'm not going to promote it because he's stiff as a desperation. No, I think that he gets told by Deanna. Oh, you mean after Deanna? Yeah, no, I think like sets him straight. I think that's how it's playing out. Like he sees too much of himself in this kid, right? And you know, it's presenting as like, well, fuck this guy. In, yeah. in reality, he's just being hard on him. Cause he... You know, Will, you once tried to ingratiate yourself so much to a commander that you supported him in, uh, in uh, doing the wrong thing and um, trying to uh, creating a cloaking device. <laughs> Remember that, uh, that time you violated the treaty? And then this time Riker's like, that's a violation of the treaty. And Picard's like, I don't give a shit. Fire that, fire that probe. <laughs> it's true. It's a really good point also. We're holding position in the Argaia system. 
anything? No, sir. I detect no vessels in the vicinity. How- it's so funny, because, like, if this was a regular episode of Star Trek, we'd know exactly what Picard was waiting for. Yep. And it's so cool to see it this way. I really, I really, that's my favorite thing about this episode. It's just it's fantastic. Sort of, just this tiny flip of, of the narrative. And it's also, it's, this is again, the confidence of seven season writing that it's like, they'll be along for it that, you know, it'll be okay. And the, and the actors will carry it and everybody will be engaged. We're close to the Cardassian again, border, no are point, we? Not really a pun, but no reference. Less than 5,000 kilometers, sir. Sir, I'm detecting an object. Five meters in length. It appears to be an escape pod. They must have been forced to abandon the ship. How far inside Cardassian space is it? 50,000 kilometers. How the hell are we going to get it out of there? Is this going to affect my promotion? So the pod's life support system is failing. Notify Dr. Crusher. Can we get within transporter range without crossing into Cardassian territory? We would need to boost the gain in the confinement beam by at least 7%. Miss LaForge? I'm on it, Captain. There, try that. The pod is still too far away. Okay, I'm going to try augmenting the frequency spread. Bio-readings indicate passengers humanoid, attempting life-form identification. No one told you to do that, Ensign. Let's just get him aboard safely. There. That should do it. Confinement beams at 109% of normal. Transporter room. You should be able to get a lock now. Aye, sir. Dr. Crusher, are you ready? Stand by. Alyssa, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave now. All right, Doctor. Get out! Transporter room, go ahead. Aye, sir. What are you doing here? I'm not supposed to let anyone but the senior officers inside sickbay. Do you have any idea what's going on? No, do you? I better go. Benson? Sir. (laughs) I was really weirded out by that look he gives her. 1,200 hours. Alpha shift is relieved. So now, in retrospect, is that look... Oh, you're the one from the Laterno incident. Mm, no, he knows who it is. I think it's... I think he has an idea about the plan. And is like, oh, I'm going to have to ask her to die. <laughs> so the the plan is in... <coughs> this is my question. The plan is in operation at this point. I believe it is, yeah. They knew that they were going to pick him up, and they knew yes. that they were going to send him back with a Bajoran prisoner? I think so. Why is, Do we know why he was... Nope. We're, out of the, we're in the dark. Like, we're a member of the uh, lower decks. Where are you getting that from? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. If you don't mind, I'd like to stay on for another shift. I could use a training. Now's not the best time. Yes, sir. Where'd you go? Get another one of those ales that you're not going to drink. Maybe that's how they do things in Canada, but that's not how we do things on the Enterprise. You're with me. <laughs> I mean, of course he knows, because he's now going to dress her down. Right. To see how she reacts. Bridge. 
leader smiling. Just happy you to be a there. Certified pilot, and... Yes, sir. I was in Red Squad. I mean, never, never mind. Um, <laughs> Why does he ask her that? Because they're going to send her to the... Yeah, but the other guy's going to fly the ship. No, the other or, guy's going to pretend to fly the ship. Do you have to fly a, a pod? An escape pod? Or is pod? it automatic? No. They just float out in space? I, I, You know, the fake thing called the escape pod probably just floats into space. I would think there would be some kind of controls you could use. Yeah, maybe there's like a joystick. Yeah. Like a little t- joystick, or maybe like a like a like a like a PlayStation controller. Do they have some kind of a system where you can kind of uh, go to the bathroom on? <laughs> Do they have little snacks. Probably there's probably like at least <laughs> four days of snacks. How long have you served on board the Enterprise, Ensign? Seven months, sir. I understand that you've been recommended for the ops position. Do you think you're up to it? I do, sir. I'm not so sure. I'm concerned about your record. Sir? The incident that you were involved in at the Academy. Which I presided With all due over. respect, that was three years ago. My record since then... Doesn't matter how long ago it was, Ensign. Would you do something like that again? I can assure you, sir, that I would never, never jeopardize lives by participating in... The daredevil stunt? I would certainly hope not. But what concerns me is that you participated in a cover-up that impeded an official investigation into the death of a cadet. Sir, I know I should have told the truth right from the start. Yes, you should. But you didn't. It was your first duty. Instead, you joined with the others to pretend that that was simply an accident. Now, what do you think that tells me about your character? Sir, if you had any idea what it was like after that incident... I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anyone to talk to. I had to take my flight test with the instructor because no one else would be my partner. In a lot of ways, it would have been easier to just walk away, but I didn't. I stuck with it. Doesn't that say something about my character, too? Well, I'm really very sorry you didn't enjoy your time at the Academy, Ensign. As far as I'm concerned, you should have been expelled for what you did. Quite frankly, I don't know how you made it on board this ship. Seriously, was it a shuttle or were you beamed? How'd it go? It's <laughs> <laughs> a direct route. Um, I, first of all, I was completely, I was definitely thinking like, he's being a real hard ass. But I was kind of delighted because I was like, oh, this is how... He does treat the people in the lower ranks. He's not all friendly like the people who have already proved themselves to him. He's like, you know, first season Picard, kind of uh, real stern to everybody. And I love seeing that shade. It seemed to be organic. I was like, well, that's tough that he's this much of a dick to the to the lower ranks. And therefore, I bought it um, mm-hmm. completely. And it's a, it's a wild swing with a Picard that we know this well at this point and, I, guess, I and, don't think it's that wild because the first duty is to the truth well that's also true it was also a legitimate thing that he was hassling her for um, I mean he's in his still mind. beefing he's still beefing with Wesley over there <laughs> that's probably the real reason Wesley hasn't come back he's tired that's of getting right. this fucking first duty speech um, so I loved it I fucking loved the performance in this scene he's I mean it obviously goes without saying but he's so good and I love 
seeing Stern Picardy just nails it. It's con- such so controlled, and I think her performance is great, and it's written so well. And we also get to see him turn around and say, "I was just testing you." I was like, "Ah, he's Picard that we love." Oh, that's great. Just the whole thing was so delightful. I love it. Everyone's testing her. Worf is testing her. Picard's <laughs> testing her. The warp scene is. Real We're weird. evaluating her resiliency. Starfleet requires periodic testing. I see. I don't believe I'm familiar with that requirement. Probably because you're not a senior officer. What a dick. If you wish, <laughs> I could reconfigure the phaser to find so a low-intensity burst that would not This is not Jordy testing all. anybody. He's just being the a dick. The test procedure would not be affected. It's fine just the way it is. Now, give me another burst It's unclear also, like, what makes Jordy come around and be like, Hey, Tarek, let's go check. Let's run those figures on that warp field. That is a good point. Maybe he overheard... Deanna's speech to uh... <laughs> at the poker game yeah maybe <laughs> four seconds it's a secret right story here. do you want me to fire from this position actually why don't you do it from over here that would be consistent <laughs> consistent with what oh, never mind this Tark's a dick so <laughs> but he's not a dick. but I think to, if we were to buy his his Vulcan you know logic with making then... it appear that this shuttle had fled an attack then that it's not he's not being a dick he's just like oh yes then that would i mean i'm assuming you're doing something where you're trying to pretend that this was attacked so i guess that makes sense he's being a real detective uh tuvok here oh it's classic uh, every every t vulcan <laughs> t vulcan <laughs> is a detective <laughs> what makes you think that's what we're doing the pattern of fire you've asked for is similar to what might result if the shuttle had fled an attacker while engaging in evasive maneuvers. It's an amazing coincidence. Yes, sir. It is indeed. Shall we proceed with the testing? Yes, Ensign. Thank you. So glad Vulcans are... So much Alyssa, easier to thank deal you with for coming nowadays. so quickly. We have to prepare for <laughs> surgery. We have a comatose patient with a subdural hematoma. Yes, sir. I want to make it clear that you are not to discuss what you see here with anyone. I understand. We'll need to synthesize at least a liter of Cardassian blood. It's a snake. Oh, no, it's a Cardassian. Ew, get it away. <laughs> I'm afraid of snakes. Shabet Tark. What I can't understand is... Why would you sit in here so close to the Cardassian border? It must have something to do with that escape pod we picked up. Don't you think, Cito? Maybe. Wonder who was in it. You know what I heard? It was Ambassador Spock. That is most unlikely. That's what I was told. By Look whom? at him. I can't say. Look at what? A couple How things there. What he is? Because he's, you a, see he's a Vulcan yes! extra. He's green. Any any non-major Vulcan character, they make weird and green. And I feel like there must be some directive in the makeup things. That this is how you do each of your aliens. And it's like some holdover from some early thing. <laughs> like, uh, you have to make them all a little bit yellow-green. And it's just well, like, except for the main green. people. Their blood's green. What are you going to do? The other thing that? is, in certain shots, it looks like they put these weird dark contouring on his cheeks. That makes him look dirty. It's real weird. That's the green. 
No, well, in addition to the green, I feel like there was a. Well, anyway, um, and then also, uh, I really dig that they're uh, that Ben is like theorizing. Like, I think it's Ambassador Spock. It's just sort of like, yeah, I guess if I was one of the lower deck people, then I would be, I'd be kind of a fanboy too. Going, oh, what if Spock's coming on board? <laughs> Down there? No. Doctor Crusher just asked me to help her with the laboratory schedule. I thought Lieutenant Powell was going to join us tonight. He had to do it. He's having an affair, all right? That's too bad. He must be the worst poker player I've ever met. (laughs) Sure bet, Sam. Twenty. If you had a flush, why would you check your cards again? The thing is, I saw Powell and Ten Ford with another woman, and the way they were talking, it made me wonder. But if he's seeing someone else, he should tell Alyssa. I mean, it might hurt her now, but it would be better in the long run. He had lit a candle, and that's always an indicator that something... I don't think prepared for the opposite position. Her grandmother just died, too. Oh, I must say I disagree, sir. Counselor. Therefore, is bad. See, I love the... This is like everyone watching this just pay attention to the blocking here because this is such a hilariously staged blocked scene because you need those two to be as far enough apart to see the other three so then if you look at the table giant space where the camera is and those three are stuck really close together right (laughs) and it looks unnatural except in this shot (laughs) I'm listening Kind of funny that if they turned into a POV shot. <laughs> same thing, same same seating over here. Yep. It would be illogical for the kids. Eyes. To deny Look at around his eyes. For something you did as a cadet. Yeah, his eyes are not green. Yeah. Like his eyebrow is, but then they they sort of didn't fill in the under eye part. Nor his lips, or I guess he might have wet his lips accidentally. Who knows. Do you know anyone out there? You said it shows I don't have character. What did you say? What could I say? I said the first duty is to the truth. Maybe he's right. <laughs> hey, you're a damn fine officer, and you deserve that post as much as anyone. Except me. One thing's for sure I won't be getting it. Not if it's up to Riker. Well, it is your decision, sir. But I am certain if you give Encinito a chance to prove herself, she will not disappoint you. Very well, I'll take her under consideration. Besides, I'm not convinced about Lavelle. Really? Why? He's too eager to please. He's always trying to ingratiate himself to me. Why assume he's doing that to get the job? Fifty. So he's... They're still talking about, well, will will we promote this person or this person? Are they in on Cito being about to be sent to her death or, you know, on this dangerous mission or is that just Picard that knows that? Um, because if 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 they I all know it, then he's know. being super casual about the promotions when she's about to be sent off on an insanely dangerous mission. Well, I mean, I see, I see what you're saying. But... I mean, 
Yeah, they're all operating under the assumption that she'll successfully come back to the ship. Uh huh. You know. So they're being chill about it. Yeah. I don't know. It seems to me that you and Lavelle are a lot alike. What? We're not at all alike. I'm much more handsome than him. You think so? Yes. And I'm not going to let you get away with it. Did they do that cut to imply that he was somebody asked him like don't you think you're you like Riker and he was like you, you think try so so hard with Riker it doesn't matter whether he likes you as long as he oh, respects you I don't think so but he must maybe. otherwise he would not That's be considering you for the ops position you're probably right maybe I'm just telling myself that he hates me so that if I don't get promoted I'll have an excuse you in or not at this juncture the odds of my winning this hand are less than 39 to 1 Really knows his math. Commander's flush is still working. No help, Worf. Ooh, tens and deuces for the doctor. And Jackson fours for the counselor. Worf's terrible at poker. He gets a card and goes, ah! Fold. <laughs> Instead of like, maybe this card helps me. <laughs> They're going to go another 50. I'm thinking, give me a second here. Didn't you tell me that you took up poker so you could be in the office's game with the Potemkin? I happen to like poker. But your senior officers might have thought that you were trying to ingratiate yourself. I guess it's lucky that they realized that you were young and inexperienced and decided not to hold it against you. Maybe I have been a little hard on Lavelle. And maybe I've been hard on Tori. I do not believe <laughs> I do. There you go. What have you got? Flush. I cannot believe <laughs> this. Great read. Great read, Dor. I am your worst nightmare. I kneel it. How could you tell I was bluffing? You don't really expect me to answer that, do you? Look, it's getting late. Maybe she'll get some sleep. One more hand. Mm-mm. Come on, Jordy. You don't have to quit just because I'm unbeatable. Nah, there's something I need to do down in engineering. I'll get you next time. I'll be there. I've decided I really like Tori. I'll see you guys later. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Good night. See you later. This is weird. They're intercutting this so much. I like it. What I find curious is that when Commander LaFord saw that the technique I was using was actually more efficient, he seemed annoyed. Of course he was. He didn't like the fact that you knew something he didn't. Do you think that I've irreparably damaged my relationship with him? Well, it depends on what kind of a guy he is. Any up, gentlemen. He's the best kind. He's going to come through that door and show you. Commander, as you were, I just dropped by to see Tarek. What can I do for you, sir? Well, I'm Where do you come off? Acting like you know more than me. You're going to fuck with my warp field? (laughs) I'd be pleased to, sir. Great. Let's go. That'd be a great Vulcan. How about some blackjack? Oh, I've got to get some sleep so I can be sharp tomorrow. Why? So you can get promoted, have more responsibility, and have to get to sleep even earlier? Good night. It's real close for that. Oh, you got to fit it in a 4x3 frame. <laughs> 
This is a very 90 sweater. Um, ben, what are you doing here? I will I say, I thought before this, I'd written in my notes just like, these people are real. We're the cool kids. The, uh, the bridge crew. They don't really intermix. They always sort of stay to themselves. They're very, very stuck in the hierarchy. And I kind of feel like they brought Ben in just to kind of, kind of like, uh, you know, counter that so that they don't seem like they, uh, they don't let in anybody I else. I mean, we've had but a lot of red like bullshit to me. I don't think they would, they would have Ben in. I think it would be uh, weird. I disagree. I think if they just lost Jordy, of course Ben can come in. You know, if you're money. playing poker and you want the game to keep going, you're going to have... If anybody walks by who can sort of play poker, come on, play! You want the game to keep going. I thought I'd do the same here. You're welcome to give it a try. Pull up a chair. Thanks. I can read emotions, you know. So let me tell you about Torek and Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> Playing both sides. Dismissed. Encito. Yes, sir. I also teach an advanced class. I believe you may be ready to participate. However, before you can join the group, you must pass the Gichtal. Gichtal? Yes. It is a very ancient Klingon ritual. It tests your knowledge of the forms of the Mukbara. I should practice first. No. No practice. That is part of the ritual. The test must be unannounced. Surprise! <laughs> Mukbar test. Anyway, she gets thrown <laughs> around quite a bit. Do you find that? Do you find this to be a weird sequence? No, I think that obviously like, it's redeemed. But Worf's form of bonding is physical pain. Uh huh. <laughs> that is that is Worf's form of bonding. Seems very strange, and I know that the uh, the gender thing is they're supposed to be beyond gender in the future, but it also feels even more weird. Well, I mean, I think with the blindfold off, I think she could hang. Uh huh. And that's sort of the point, I think. With the blindfold off, she could hang. You mean yeah. she would be able you to handle it? Yes, of course. Yeah. She's Bajoran. Bajoran lady. How am I supposed to defend myself when I can't see a thing? Stop making excuses. Replace the blindfold. No! It's not a fair test. Very good, Ensign. <laughs> you had passed the challenge. This seems what, like by a... by taking off the blindfold? It takes courage to say the test is unfair. One thing I don't understand. Doesn't Gictal mean to the death? You speak Klingon. <laughs> Awkward. <Sir. laughs> is there really such a thing as a Gictal challenge? No. Yes, it's there is not. Actually, a guitar challenge. But perhaps next time you choose are your weapon, unfairly, and they it start shredding. So many bruises for you to protest. That is some isn't wise it? words. But isn't it kind of like? I don't know. It's a. T I mean, I certainly like like this 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 turn, and it's very interesting. And I like that the reveal that it's like he's just trying to teach her this lesson. But at the same time, in kind of a kung fu school sort of you know or martial arts perspective, isn't it usually like no, you just got to keep taking it if the master says that. <laughs> that's that's the training. I think they're beyond that now. So never complain about it. 
Yeah. I don't think she was complaining. You know? I think she just used the force. The force of complaining. All I've ever wanted is to make a career for myself in Starfleet. I can't change what happened at the Academy. No one can. All I can do is work hard and try to earn the respect of the people I serve with. If you're not going to give me that chance, then I respectfully request that you transfer me to another ship. If you're looking for a more lenient commander, I don't think you'll find one. I'm the most lenient there is. <laughs> Permission to speak freely, Everyone sir. says so. Ask Data. <laughs> you tried to take over the ship. I still let him on the ship. If you didn't want me on your ship, you should have said so when I was assigned to it. It's not your place to punish me for what I did at the Academy. I've worked hard here. My record is exemplary. If you're going to judge me, judge me for what I am now. Very well, Anderson. I will. It took courage to come here and face me after what I said to you the other day. I didn't ask you here because I was assessing your qualifications for the ops position. That was my Picard maneuver. I don't know. I test everyone. I was harsh with you because I wanted to assess you, it loosely. you for a Picard very maneuver can apply mission. to a lot of different things. A mission that could put you like in a situation. Like this thing I'm doing with my shirt. That's also called a Picard maneuver. than a dressing down by your commanding officer. Can I ask what that mission is, sir? Join the senior officers in the observation lounge at 0900 hours. We'll discuss it then. Yes, sir. And Ensign, I do know why you ended up on the Enterprise. I asked for you. I wanted to make sure that you got a fair chance to redeem yourself. Thank you, sir. This is a great relationship. It was a real shame that this lady, I mean, unless she shows up later. There's a lot of characters from that episode that they sort of scrape off their shoe and they're... Kind of all good. I think you know how much I've come to depend upon you here. I've recommended your promotion because your performance here has been exemplary. Thank you, Even Doctor. when you have less than I five lines. You're always there when I say, nurse, I need blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's there you are. <laughs> but more than that. And you never say too much. I've come to think of you as a friend. Someone I really care about. That's why I'm so intrusive in my questions about it's your personal nice life. It's to say that. I feel the same way. So, you and Andrew Powell? Someone told you. Told me what? We were going to keep it a secret until the promotions are announced. A secret? He asked me to marry him. Alyssa, that's wonderful. Oh, I'm so relieved. I mean, happy. <laughs> but also relieved because I thought he was fucking someone else. <laughs> Which you might want to check into that. <laughs> Why does Worf have to stand? I want you to join the three senior officers that could down. make the day. <laughs> he was in the escape pod that we retrieved. He is a member of the Cardassian military and a Federation operative. He has risked his life to bring us invaluable information about Cardassian strategic intentions, information that could very well enhance the security of Bajor as well as other planets in this sector. Now, it is absolutely imperative that we return him safely to Cardassian space. It will not be easy. The border is heavily guarded. This guy's good too. Yeah, I agree. 
If a patrol stops me, I will claim to have stolen it. We have distressed the shuttle so that it appears to have been fired upon. Dread will attempt to talk his way past the patrol. If I were alone, the chances of my succeeding would be slim. But if I had a prisoner with me, a Bajoran terrorist, I would appear to be a bounty hunter. Border crossings of that nature are not uncommon, and for a price, the patrol can be convinced to look the other way. Once the shuttle is safely past the patrol, Jurette will put you into an escape pod and return you back across the border. Since the pod is so small, it will be difficult to detect. We'll be waiting here to pick you up. I understand, sir. Ensign, this is obviously a very dangerous mission. I am not ordering you to take part in it. Then I volunteer, sir. Be certain you understand the risk you are taking. If you are captured... I'm Bajoran. No one knows better than I do what Cardassians do to their prisoners. Jorette. I've made my decision. Very well, Ensign. Will you report to sickbay? Dr. Crusher will explain. She's going to beat the shit out of you. And Ensign Cito, <laughs> I must ask you not to discuss this mission with Don't anyone. let her do an autopsy on you. <laughs> yes, sir. That's what happened. She tried to do an autopsy and she fought her off. <laughs> Good. You passed the test. <laughs> what test? I was going to give you an autopsy while alive. I didn't realize she would be so young. Uh, all right. Sir, I just want you to know that I really appreciate the fact that you've always had confidence in me. Good luck. I'll see you soon. If he had, she had so much confidence in her, why did he push her into ops? As opposed to security. Oh, much just a higher much, position. Yeah, much uh, easier way to get promoted there. Because oh. in security, you're just waiting for your commanding officer to get killed by a black sludge monster. Gotcha. Which happens once every, I don't know, seven, eight years. <laughs> but at Ops, you could do Delta Shift, Gamma Shift. Yeah. Love that shot of Worf. As it's the, so great. Somehow yeah, he stayed in the depressurized uh, shuttle bay without getting sucked into space. It's just beautiful. Oh, it doesn't work like the imaginary shield just lets the thing through with that no, that's how kind it of Star Wars style. No, that's how it works. Also, they had a nice shot of it flying over the ship, which is great. Yes. This, by the way, is just such a great um, facet of the the Picard and Worf and Riker that we get to see in this episode. It should seem that I've broken your will. If you're asked any questions, look at me as though you're afraid to answer. Can I ask you something? Why are you doing this? Risking your life for Starfleet. I don't consider myself a traitor, if that's what you're asking. All my life I've served in the military. Once, it was an institution dedicated to the security of Cardassia. Now, it's little more than a platform for ambitious gulls hoping to make their reputations in battle. If the information I've provided helps Starfleet deter even one pointless skirmish, I've served my purpose. I'm sick of war. My people need peace. 
I never thought I'd hear a Cardassian say something like that. And I never thought a Bajoran would risk her life to help a Cardassian get home. Together we are the future! <laughs> Patrol ship's moving in on our position. We don't have she, much time. Phil is really good, and she only acted for like three years. She was on... Yeah, she probably Murder was like, Shira? you know what? I'm good. I mean, that's certainly the logical perspective, but it's not what most actors <laughs> I know. <laughs> most actors act. Oh, I'm like, I'm so, going to keep slugging it out. I'm so jealous of her. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. And it doesn't, it seemed like she did, she did work, started in 92. She did work every year, like at least a couple of things every year, which is pretty good for an actor. Even if you're not, you know, Maybe she just wanted You're to not be like getting a regular. You know what? I'm gonna go be a shrink or something. You have any idea where it went? Toward Cardassian space. That's what I'm worried about. Oh, there was one other thing. I noticed the shuttle was damaged. Sam. Do you think Anton Rager's like? Oh my god, these fucking people. Definitely. She's, she's literally like right there next. Can we to talk about something else. Well, don't you care what's happened to her? Of course. But we have to accept the fact that we're not always told about everything that happens aboard ship. Well, we can at least tell each other what we know. Wait a minute, do you two know something? Sam, please. Oh, I can't believe this. We're friends. We're also Starfleet officers. I'm not allowed to talk about it. Okay. I understand. I better get going. But we're friends. in half an hour. Guys, guys are friends, right? <laughs> Closed-lipped. Captain Apparently she works as a clinical five. social worker. There you go. Yeah, she found a California. calling. Good for you, We have reached the coordinates in Federation space. How does that help anyone? Cito's escape pod was to have rendezvoused with us. However, we have been waiting for over 30 hours, and as yet there is no sign of her. Report. We completed a long-range scan of the area, sir. The escape pod doesn't seem to be out there. It is possible that at this distance we are unable to distinguish the pod from the inorganic matter normally present in space. Try narrowing the scan field. See if you can pick up any biosigns. Sir, it would help if I knew what kind of life signs to look for. You're scanning for Bajoran life signs. Yes, sir. I have a question. I'll scan harder. What? Shouldn't this be something that Data is doing? Yeah, I agree. Ha ha! Secunda. It's a very Opsian thing to be doing instead of the pilot looking for things. Yep. Nothing yet. The pod is 32 hours overdue. Sir, I recommend we launch a probe to increase the range of our sensor sweeps. The only time in seven years he takes Worf's first suggestion, he <laughs> violates a treaty. <laughs> Launching a probe in a Cardassian space would be a treaty violation. Wolf, why did you make me break that treaty? Uh, Damn it, Wolf! Prepare the probe and launch when ready. Nice, sir. Probe launched, sir. Sir, I am detecting signs of debris 200,000 kilometers inside Cardassian space. 
Its mass and composition indicated could be the remains of a Federation escape pod. Captain's log, supplemental. We have intercepted a Cardassian report stating that a Bajoran prisoner escaped her captor and was killed in an evacuation pod as she tried to leave Cardassian space. It is interesting that this is the first time we hear Picard announce the death of a crewman on the show. Yeah. But also a, a great insight. To all Starfleet personnel, this is the captain. It is my sad duty. Civilians, close your ears. <laughs> to inform you. What if, it, what if it's like a big disaster and a ton of people are killed? Does he have to give this, like, is he all day giving the speech? Oh, well, also... Ensign Builder, uh, sorry about that. Everybody loved him. Sito um. <laughs> Jaxa has been lost in the line of duty. She was the finest example of a Starfleet officer and a young woman of remarkable courage and strength of character. Her loss will be deeply felt by all who knew her. Guard out. I love the I love the linger on him for the sigh. Such a great episode, really. All around. It's so fantastic. You okay? I just got promoted. Congratulations. Thanks. Just doesn't feel right. For all I know, she was going to get the promotion instead of me. You shouldn't feel that way, Sam. She would have been happy for you, Sam. The best way to remember her would be to excel in your new position. We're proud of you, Sam. Excuse me, sir, but I need to move this table. What? <laughs> There's an empty seat over there. I appreciate what you are trying to do, but it is not appropriate. You were her friends. I was only her commanding officer. Sir, I happen to know that she considered you a friend. Probably. I'm not really sure, but I think so. <laughs> it's so. It's such a great moment too. Wharf goes over to the table. It's really nice, and I and it. I kind of it kind of redeems Ben for me. I thought Ben was just like ah, this guy's. This guy's annoying, and then at the end. He's intrusive in a beautiful way that's like perfectly subtle way to get uh, Worf engaged with the other people that are going to miss her. It was really sweet. It was a and great. Also, yeah. there's so much hand wringing, and we've certainly said enough about other 
Trek shows and other shows where they set up a death. This really is effective. We've just met this lady. It's just in the one episode. And two, it's two affecting episodes, at the end. Two episodes. Two episodes, that's fair. But we weren't really engaged with her in the other episode. I mean, I was. I was engaged with everyone in Red Squad. <laughs> sure, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, you, everyone... would, you would have followed uh, Letourneau to your death. Oh, of course. Letourneau? <laughs> Letourneau, sorry. I keep saying Letourneau. Um, yeah, really just uh, one of those one of those episodes that I just... I just so well done I have almost I don't even know if almost is the answer to that I don't think I have anything to complain about uh, here we go hey before you before you do that oh no we can't do the MVC I have a little memory beta because I wanted to find out what happened if Cito Jack's actually uh, can I read a little memory beta according to Pillar she's dead but uh, let's see. well that's uh, did he say that yes uh, here we go. Well, let's take a trip down memory beta. I mean, I'll, I would take that as a segment every every time. Oh, come on! <laughs> Didn't happen, guys. Um, uh, her pod was reportedly destroyed by the Cardassians, and Cedo was presumed dead. In fact, Cedo was captured by the Cardassian military and sent to a Cardassian penal colony. She was later returned to the Federation following a prisoner exchange in 2372. After receiving in treatment and counseling, Cedo returned to active duty and was assigned to the USS Norway as an operations manager. Uh, and this is from the Star Trek video game Starship Creator. Oh, wow. <laughs> um... Uh, this was likely based on an undeveloped script for Deep Space Nine, whose concept was later used in season Hard Time with Miles O'Brien standing in for Anson Cito. Uh, Cito? Uh, and then alternate realities in an alternate timeline. Cito. You, you, Cito. Saw her, you saw her named a thousand times a second ago. Rose to the rank of uh, lieutenant and served as operations man. Is operations manager ops? Yeah. Uh, of the Enterprise D. By 2378, she was briefly involved in a relationship Ooh, with Sam Lavelle, hotsy totsy. Um, she befriended fellow Bajoran commander Rolaren. This is fantastic. Tactical officer security chief and was chief engineer Lieutenant Wesley Crusher's confidant in matters of romance. She teased him relentlessly about his love life. It's from TNG, Myriad Universe's short story, Brave New World. Perfect. In early drafts of the script, Cedo Jax's death was somewhat more ambiguous, Taylor explained. When I mentioned that to Michael, he said, absolutely not. She's dead. She stays dead. That would undermine the whole episode. So I said, fine. The morning after Michael saw the episode, he came in and said, we can't let her stay dead. We've got to bring her back. She was wonderful. He was really blow- He was really bowled over by the episode. There's a little weird picture of her, and it looks like some form of Voyager-y outfit that's purple. But I don't know. That must be that must be fan made. Um, there was a lot of batch of areas. So there was a lot of talk of bringing her back. But we never got around to it. This is always meant to be a story of loss, a coming of age story for these young people, and the death landed it for them. I mean, it's definitely effective because the character seems like it has more potential, which sort of creates the same feeling in us as like, oh no. Mm-hmm. Really well done. All right. Now we can give it. we 
Well, it's the NBC, yeah, the NBC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? If you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free. Uh, it's Cito, I mean, isn't it? Come on. It is Cito. It has to be Cito. Why Gave her life it? in the line of duty. It's either Cito or Ogawa. <laughs> uh, for keeping it quiet, for keeping the Cardassian quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way to keep it, way to keep it close to the vest there, Nurse what Ogawa. About, what about Torek for uh, improving the... Uh, Becoming best friends with Jordy? <laughs> improving the engines and, uh, and shooting the... Uh, way to shoot that thing. The thing in the right place. Uh, Cito, enjoy your MVC. How many Andy's does this episode get? Do you want to well, go first Andy, or second? I don't care. Go wherever you'd like. Um, I don't even know that I have a single quibble. I think it's inventive. I think the performances are fantastic, particularly like just the clinic that uh, that Stewart puts on. Um. And uh, I think it's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm held the same way you're held. They're just like, oh, this is a great way to look at the, the, the ship from a different perspective. Um, and it's a moving ending. Uh, I give it a 10. Uh, I'm with Andy on this. It's a 10 out of 10 Andys. And uh, it's one of the best episodes of TNG as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's such a great... Sort of looking at the ship the way I feel like I would be on the ship which uh, is that's like, fair I'm not important <laughs> right and uh, you would always be to, saying what I'm do you think they're to, doing what's going yeah, on I'm happy to just get <laughs> nuggets of information and gather whatever I can by staring out the window and 10 forward um, um, I also feel it. like it really is like a quintessential well done late season episode for a TV series mm-hmm. and um, and it's exactly what people should be doing that often and you know it in fairness, it's usually they're under the gun. They've their brains are fried. There's their they have budget problems. There's a million things that stop it from happening. But it really is emblematic of what you can do if you know the characters, the actors are comfortable, and um, the writers are you know are, you know can use everything that they built up until that point. Yeah, I uh, I would say that this episode is uh, always a favorite of mine. Um. Yeah, it's just it's just the best. It's funny that it's back to back with Sub Rosa. That is the beauty of the seventh season of Star Trek: The Next Generation. There's like so many highs and lows. <laughs> it's very. I mean, it's like it'll it'll snap your head back if you if you are like, oh, this episode's terrible. The next one. Oh my god, it's a great episode. Oh god, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, I we get to take a look at the trailer and see uh what we end up with here. Uh. For next episode, I know himself. Let's share the screen with Andy. Take a go. Take a gook. Take a look. (laughs) It's in a book. Stranded without his memory on a primitive planet. I do not know my name. Data brings death to an entire village. Father, Father, what's wrong? Now he must race to find a cure. It's his fault. None of us were sick before he came to the village. Before an angry mob targets him for revenge. There he is! 
I only wish to help. By bringing this plague? Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. This is, I feel like with every episode, there's some like inkling or I feel like I've heard people talk about it or I've, I literally, I, I have n- not the slightest connection or thought of ever knowing. I mean, I haven't seen any of these, but these are, I haven't seen most of these, but the, uh, that, that one is just like, I have no idea what that is. Do uh, you remember that? Yeah, very well. Yeah. Is it a good one? I liked it. I mean, I remember liking it. I haven't watched it in probably like five years, but yeah. That's where I'm at with it, Andy. Well, we promised that... I think we promised. We did, <laughs> but guess what? Oh. I, we are up against the clock here, and I have to go get my dog before the doggy oh, daycare right. closes. There you go. All because, right, well, then we're going to keep track of it. Because some of you decided you wanted to write in and talk to us, and then we had to read a lot of emails i was also <laughs> late today it's on me uh well all right well we Andy, will read why blame yourself when you can blame them <laughs> well we, we will read the uh, february names uh as we said uh, all the president circle in their entirety um in one of the future tng episodes and then moving and forward we will also, just read the new ones yeah so if you want to get on that new list and hear about star trek picard what andy and i think about season two That's right Week Guinan, to week, weekly. Guinan and Q and Picard and uh, just the the whole gang's back. Some of the gang is back. Three <laughs> of the gang is back. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and hop into uh, your face group and uh, let us know. You want us to tour? Where you want us to go do a show somewhere? Where are you? Is it plausible that we could do a show there? Do you think there's more than ten people who would come? Let us know. Thank you all. Uh, thank you most of all, Andy. You too, Matt. Oh. Now we shall return to our lower decks. Good luck, uh, everyone else out there who has not been promoted yet. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, Search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone, it's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month. 